You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Podcast. Well, as we come to another Christmas season, there's this growing excitement. There's a sense of expectation, especially if you have young children in the home. That seems to amp up the energy just a bit. You know, the Christmas season is unlike any other time of the year. There's this joy and celebration in our church, but not just in the church, in the community. You know, if you think about it, Christmas is the only Christian holiday that's also a major secular holiday. The result, though, is two different celebrations. For our culture, they celebrate a holiday, but they celebrate the holiday without hope. Because they've not embraced the Savior of which the holiday, the holy day, is all about. But for us as believers, as we come to this, this time of year, there's this excitement, there's this sense of celebration. Why? Because of the hope that we have because of our Savior, because of what, because of what Christmas means to us and for us. See, Christmas is all about God breaking into time in the course of humanity to bring more than a baby, but to bring salvation for mankind. So I want us to interact this morning just for a minute as to what Christmas is all about. What does Christmas mean for you? Why is Christmas significant? So before we interact, uh, for all of those watching online, just type into the chat line what Christmas means for you. But here this morning, as we're physically present, why is Christmas significant for you? Hope. Hope. Yeah. Yeah, we have hope. Hope for today, hope for tomorrow, hope for all eternity. There's joy, there's the excitement, there's the celebration. I'm sorry? Family memories. So there's the memories of all that God's blessed you with, all that you've been able to enjoy, to be able to celebrate that with family, both past and present. The light of the world has come, bringing light to the darkness, bringing light for our lives. Why is Christmas significant? The birth of our Savior. Is that? Yeah, the birth of our Savior, the one who came to redeem us from our sin, to bring salvation for our lives. What about from the balcony? Wake up up there. Unity, thank you. So unity that Christ came to make a way that he is our peace, to bring peace with God and the peace of God for, for our lives, that we might be united in relationship with God, that we might have unity with one another. Love, love? yeah, how can we miss that? For God so loved the world that we have Christmas, right? Christmas is this amazing picture of the wonder of God's love. Emmanuel, I love that Emmanuel, that of God being with us. Christmas is significant. Why? We're going to talk about that this morning. It's the reality of today. We have this. We have God with us, God present in our lives through the provision of Jesus Christ, through his salvation. Now, certainly all of that would be true and reason for celebration, But as I think of Christmas, this is what I think of. I think of the miracle of incarnation that made way for salvation. Incarnation, God becoming flesh. 
The miracle of God becoming like us so that he might rescue us. And that one miracle, one miracle that happened some 2,000 years ago that we're celebrating in this season has opened the way, get this, for us to daily live in the miraculous. Christmas is this miracle that happened, but it's still happening. It's still happening today in our world, in our community. There's a true story I came across this past week, which was a fascinating story for me. It's a story of a man named John Howard Griffin. John Howard Griffin was disturbed by the treatment of of the African-American population in the Deep South. In the fall of 1959, Griffin decided to investigate firsthand the plight, the difficulty of African-Americans in the South where racial segregation was legal. Black people had been disenfranchised and closed out of the political system and whites were struggling in this time to maintain dominance against an increasing civil rights movement. And Griffin decided to investigate this firsthand in a really interesting way. He consulted a New Orleans dermatologist for aid in darkening his skin being treated with a course of drugs, sun lamps, and skin creams. He then proceeded to shave his head in order to hide his straight hair. And then he spent several weeks traveling as a black man in New Orleans and parts of Mississippi, Georgia, and South Carolina, getting around mainly by bus and and hitchhiking. Then in 1961, that was 1959, in 1961 he published a book titled Black Like Me to share his experience. And in the book, he described the challenges that he experienced as a black man, the mistreatment, the, uh, the anger, how individuals would, uh, uh, would rail against him. And as I was reading his story, I thought, wow, amazing. Griffin became like a group of people so that he could identify with them so that he could have their experience. In other words, he he entered into their world. Think about that. That's exactly what Jesus Christ did for us. He became like us so that he could enter into our world. More than just entering the story of humanity, Jesus became like us to bring rescue and redemption. So Christmas is a miracle of the incarnation. It was the miracle that has opened the way for us today to daily live in the miraculous. And the wonder of the Christmas miracle is that it occurred like some 2,000 years ago, but it's still happening today for those who are open, willing, and seeking. It's a miracle in the past that has effect in the present. It's a miracle of the past that has opened the possibility for us today to live every day in the miraculous. You know, Luke one thirty seven says this, everything is possible with God. And because everything is possible with God because of the reality of Christmas, get this, you have God in you. So that means this, you have the, the reality of the possibility of God, the God who, is, who can do all things working in your life and through your life. So today, because of Christmas, because of the miracle of the incarnation, we have the God of possibility residing in us, working for us. Now, Dr. Jack Hayford said it well in his book, The Merry Miracle, which is a great little book. If you ever get a chance to read it, The Merry Miracle is a great Christmas read. But in this book, he makes this statement. He says, the miracles of Christmas in the incarnation has to do with people getting pregnant, expecting more than they ever dreamed, becoming open to possibilities they could have never realized by themselves. And that's what's available to us because of Christmas. Today we have, someone mentioned it earlier, we have Emmanuel, we have God with us. 
And I'm confident just as God by His Spirit burst something miraculous through Mary, so He wants to work in each of our lives. We simply have to be this. We have to be willing candidates. That's what we want to talk about in this Christmas series. What does it look like to be a candidate that God can birth His miraculous through? Because again, I would contend this morning that what happened is recorded in Luke 1 and, and in Matthew 2 specifically of the birth of the Messiah and the miracles that happened with Mary and Joseph and the shepherds. What I would contend for this morning is it was not just for them. It's a miracle that we can live in today. We don't want to just get stuck celebrating what happened in the past being the wonder of Christmas as amazing as it is. What we want to do today is we want to live in the reality of Christmas present. The reality of what the Holy Spirit would want to birth in us, not only in this Christmas season, but in this coming year. As we look to the Christmas story, what we discover is that when God's time came to restore what was lost in the Garden of Eden to bring redemption for mankind, he needed a candidate. He needed a candidate through which to birth his plan. Out of all of the young Jewish girls, he chose Mary. He could have chosen any number of Jewish girls, but he narrowed it to one, being Mary. And I want you to listen this morning as to how Luke records Mary's encounter and Mary's invitation into the miraculous. Today we will read from Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Joseph's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel? Since I'm a virgin, the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. But no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Well, can you imagine the whole range of emotions that Mary must have experienced as she received this visit from the angel Gabriel? She was given the news that she would give birth to the Messiah. Certainly there was excitement and that God had chosen her to uh, birth this miracle through. There was celebration. For in, in Luke one forty six, if you look on in that passage of Scripture, Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. So I think there was excitement. There was celebration. I think there was also 
maybe a little bit of fear. Fear of what does this mean? Fear of like, how do I tell Joseph, the young man, the young Jewish man that she was engaged to? Like, how do you explain you, you become pregnant by the Holy Spirit? Try to put that into words, right? That makes sense. I think there was a little bit maybe a fear along with the celebration and the excitement. I think Mary was trying to get her mind wrapped around how this angelic encounter and this, this supernatural pregnancy would not only change her life, but how it would bring hope and salvation for humanity. She was going to give birth to the Son of God. She was going to give birth to the Savior of the world. I mean, think about that. There's no way around it. Mary was uniquely privileged, but don't miss this this morning. So are you. So are you. The Mary miracle was never intended to be only for Mary. Just as the Savior Mary bore is for each of us to receive personally, so the type of miracle she experienced is available for us today. Just as the Holy Spirit came to her, invited her to be a part of the miracle he was working in that time, so I believe the Holy Spirit, the third person in the Trinity, is still encountering and inviting people into the miraculous, into miraculous encounters today. The reality of your life and the reality of your workplace and the reality of, of your family. See, Christmas makes this possible. Now, Hebrews 13.8 reminds us of this truth, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What does that mean? It means this. Who he was, he still is, right? What he did, he's still doing. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And this, get this, the same Holy Spirit that impregnated Mary with the Son of God is the Holy Spirit that resides in you if you are a follower of Jesus Christ. Think about that. 1 Corinthians 6.19 makes it very clear that you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Listen, it's not a different Holy Spirit, right? It's the same Holy Spirit who's still doing what? Still doing miracles today, still doing the miraculous today. Working in, in ways that are beyond our understanding, beyond our imagination. So here's a great question for you this morning. What miracle might the Holy Spirit want to birth in you and through you during this Christmas season and in this coming year? How might the Holy Spirit want to encounter you and use you in a, in a miraculous way? See, what we need to realize is that miracles happen, but they never just happen. God's looking for characteristics in our lives that position us to be candidates for his miraculous work. He's looking for qualities that, that reveal we're willing and we're qualified to be recipients of his miraculous work in our lives. So what I believe is that God is able and God is willing and God wants to do it in your life. The question I have for you this morning is, are you willing? Are you willing to be that candidate? Are you willing to position yourself, to posture and position yourself in such of a way that the Holy Spirit might do something miraculous in your life? He's looking for qualities, characteristics that bring this, this revelation. If, if you're available, if you're a candidate that he can use. You know, when we're hiring staff positions here at Grace Covenant, one of the things we do is we identify character, uh, depending on the position, we identify characteristics and qualities that we're looking for in a potential candidate. Does that make sense? In other words, we, we identify what we're trying to hire. For example, in our most recent hire of, of a worship pastor, we, we, wanted, we wanted to find a worship leader who had a heart for God and a heart for worship. 
We wanted to find someone who had a spirit of humility yet a strength of leadership. We wanted to find someone who could sing, right? That's pretty important. Like, understand. I mean, those are some of the qualities, some of the characteristics that we identified in a profile that would help us identify the right candidate. And I believe in a similar way that there's qualities in our lives that God's looking for that postures us, that positions us, that God can work miracles in and through our lives. The miracles happen that I don't believe they they just happen. I believe they happen because we have aligned ourselves, we've positioned ourselves so that God can work in our lives. So from the life of from so from Mary's life, I, I want us to talk just for a few minutes about who are candidates for God's miraculous work. I'm going to give you three statements this morning as to what I believe positions us, and we get we see all of this in Mary's story of what I believe positions us to be a candidate for the miraculous. The first is that God's looking for ordinary people. Isn't that exciting? Because I think probably most of us this morning in the room, most of the folks watching online, um, we're like ordinary. Don't get so excited about being ordinary. (laughs) You know, I I mean, we're just like ordinary people who who are processing life. Here's the good news today. You don't have to be some high-ranking official. You don't have to achieve some level of status. Nor do you have to come to some level of success or financial standing for God to work the miraculous through your life. I think the first quality he's looking for is like ordinary people. As I look at Mary's story, I think it's fascinating I mean, get this, God's getting ready to visit mankind in a miraculous way. He's getting ready to send his son. And I think it's fascinating that God didn't choose a female from like the royal family, but an unknown ordinary Jewish girl through whom to birth the miracle of Jesus. Just an ordinary girl living an ordinary life. The Mary miracle first happened to an ordinary sinner in an ordinary town being Nazareth. To set forth this lesson, I believe for all believers, that nothing is impossible for where you live either. No matter who you are. God chooses to work his miracles through ordinary people like us. Isn't that exciting? What what, What does that mean this morning? It means that like, if you're ordinary, you're not disqualified. Like, I don't have to work myself into some position or status. And Mary was just this ordinary Jewish girl. As I was thinking about this, being ordinary is is like it's not a sought-out quality in our culture today, is it? What are we looking for? We're looking for superstars, right? We're looking for individuals of fame. I mean, that's what individuals set their target for. But ordinary is not this sought-out quality in our culture today. But as I was looking at Scripture, I discovered that there's this pattern we find in Scripture of like God consistently, continually works through ordinary people. I mean, I think of a shepherd boy by the name of, of David, just an ordinary boy that God chose to be a giant slayer who became the second king of the nation of Israel. I think of a, 
an ordinary Jewish girl by the name of Esther who should have never made her way into the king's court to be Queen Esther, yet God chose this ordinary Jewish girl, Old Testament, to bring rescue for his people. I, I think of, a, of an ordinary fisherman by the name of Peter. I mean, like being a fisherman was not like something that had this huge place of status in the culture. God chose an ordinary fisherman and raised him up to be the leader of the early church. Read Acts, the book of Acts. God chose a, an ordinary tax collector by the name of Matthew, just a businessman, and chose him to be one of his disciples, one of the twelve. Now, I could go on and on, but the pattern we see in Scripture is that God chooses to use ordinary people through which to do the extraordinary. That's the consistent pattern in Scripture. So the first quality is, is, is I think God's just looking for ordinary folks like you. That he might do his extraordinary work through. God's not looking for superstars who are singing their own praises, but I believe he's looking for ordinary people who will sing his praises. So today, if you would self-identify as an ordinary person, then you're a candidate. You're a candidate for God to work his miracle through. As we look on in Mary's story, I think we discover a second quality that positions us to live in the miraculous and it's this, God chooses to unleash his power in humble people. Ordinary people, humble people. As the angel Gabriel brings this announcement to Mary, I, I want you to listen again to her response as recorded in Luke one thirty-eight. Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. May, may it be to me as you said. And then verse 48 in Mary's song, she proclaims, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. He Mary's humility positioned her to be a candidate through which God would bring redemption for the world. It was her humility that captured God's attention. I believe God said, there's someone I can birth a miracle through. See, I think humility, this quality of humility, gets God's attention. Matter of fact, Isaiah 66, verse 2. Listen to how this verse reads. Isaiah 66, verse 2 says, Has not my hand made all things so that they came into being, declares the Lord? This is the one I esteem, he who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. Give me some water, please. So, who is the one that God esteems? The one who's humble. Matter of fact, I think we could say it like this. I think humility captures the gaze of a sovereign God. I think humility is that which is attractive to a God who's looking for candidates, for individuals that he can do his miraculous work through. And what we discover in Scripture is that humility, <coughs> excuse me, humility opens our lives to the grace and favor of God. If you want to live more in the grace and favor of God, any, anyone open to that? Yeah. If you want to live more in the grace and favor of God, let me tell you how you get there. It's by developing this quality of humility. Listen, humility is not something you're born with. Humility is something you develop. 
It's a quality that you grow in your life by your own choosing. So how do we get more of of the grace and favor of God? I mean, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 34 says that God gives grace to the favor. In the book of James, we find um, the same statement. What God gives grace and favor to who? To the humble. But he brings his favor where? To the address of humility. Not only that, but I think humility keeps us dependent on God. You know, what I've come to discover in my own life, and as I hang out a lot with folks like you, what I've come to discover is that we have a tendency to be self-sufficient rather than God-dependent. Right? At least shake your head for your neighbor. That's our tendency. I don't know why we do it. That's why I think it's a part of our humanity. We have this tendency like to move toward depending on ourselves rather than depending on God. And one of the things I've come to discover about humility is humility keeps me connected to and focused on God. Humility keeps me God-dependent. The Apostle Paul said it like this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 4 and 5. Listen to what he wrote. He says, such confidence as this is ours through Christ before God. Not that we're confident in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our confidence, our ability comes from God. So, so living humble means what? That we're constantly looking to and leaning on God. I think that's, that's one of the benefits of humility, when it helps me stay connected to the source. I think humility also reminds us to give God the glory rather than seek the glory of others. You know, as God by His Spirit works in our lives, we acknowledge Him. What We give Him the credit and the praise, just like Mary. Man, if you look back to her story, out of her humility, this was her response as recorded in Luke chapter 1, verse 46. It says, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. And then in verse 49, she goes on to say, For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is His name. As we see in Mary's life, her response out of this quality of humility was to acknowledge the great work of God. Out of humility, what she, was, she was praising God. So if you want to be a candidate for the miraculous, and if you want to live in the favor of God, then grow this quality of humility in your life. Why? Because God brings His grace, His favor, His miraculous. But to those who... Looking to Him and leaning on Him and trusting in Him through those who are humble in their lives. But there's one last quality I believe that positioned Mary to be a candidate for the miraculous, and I'm convinced it's still critical today. God unleashes His miraculous power through those who are available. So Mary was what? Mary was normal, just ordinary. Mary was humble. Third thing's critical, she was available. She was available for God to bring this miracle by His Spirit in our lives. God's looking for people who are willing to step up in faith and say, God, here I am. Use me. Really simple. God, here I am. Do it in me. Here I am, God. I, I want to be used by you in whatever way you would, you would choose. As the angel Gabriel finished his announcement telling Mary what was about to happen and how she was going to be, how she was going to conceive by the Holy Spirit, listen to her response. In Luke 138, Mary simply said, I am the Lord's servant. 
May it be to me as you have said. Is that not a simple yet profound statement? Basically, she was saying, God, whatever you want, I'm yours. God, whatever you want, I'm available. God, whatever it is, my answer is yes. That's what, that's what Mary was saying. And it's interesting to me as I look to Mary's story is that Mary didn't have all the details of how this was going to work out. Like, I would have had a few questions for Gabriel. I, I like more details. I don't know about you, but I like more details. Like, uh, Gabriel, you know, can you answer this for me? She didn't ask for more details. She was simply available. She didn't have all the solutions for, like, how was she going to tell Joseph? How was she going to tell her parents? Like, again, how do you explain that? She didn't have all the solutions, yet she said, yes, Lord, here I am. I'm your servant. She didn't realize that one day she would bear the pain of seeing her son hanging on a cross, bearing the sin of humanity. Yet she said, yes, Lord, here I am. I'm your servant. She, she, was, she was simply available. I believe today God's still looking for people who are available, people who are willing to say, God, here I am. Birth your miracles. Birth your miracles through my life. People who are willing to place God's agenda first in their lives. You know, I, I think at times we get hung up on our abilities. We feel like, Maybe I'm not qualified. Maybe I'm not capable. Maybe I'm not competent. But can, can I remind you this morning that God doesn't need your ability. He needs your availability. He doesn't need your ability. He needs your availability. See, God chooses to work through our abilities, but He doesn't need our abilities, for He can do all things by Himself. What He does need, again, is our availability. When we're available and surrendered, then we're postured in position for God to do His work through our lives, just like Mary. And what we see in Mary's story is that the Holy Spirit came to her and impregnated her with possibility. He birthed something miraculous through her life. And although we'll never experience that same kind of miracle, right? It's like there's not going to be another Messiah born this year. I assure you of that. But what I can also assure you this morning is as you position yourself to be a candidate, the God who loves you outrageously will birth possibilities in your life and through your life. What's he looking for? I believe he's looking for ordinary people like us who will walk before him in humility and who will simply say, God, here I am. I'm your servant. I want your will, not, not my will. I'm your servant. I'm available for you to birth your miracle, whatever that might look like, through my life. So I want to leave you this morning with a question that I asked earlier. What miracle 
might the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit again, that impregnated Mary, right? We're talking about the same Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit. What might He want to birth in you and through you during this Christmas season and this coming year? Will you be a candidate that He can encounter and that He can work through? Because I believe that just as God worked the miracle in Mary's life, so He can and so He desires to work in your life. Amen. Lord, I thank you today for the wonder of this season. Thank you today for the miracle of the incarnation. God becoming flesh. For the miracle that you, that you birthed not only in Mary, but through Mary. That's made way today, God, that we can live in the miraculous. This miracle that happened in the past, but yet is still present and working today in our lives and for our lives. Lord, like Mary, may may we be a, a candidate. Lord, out of our ordinariness, out of Lord, our humility, as we make ourselves available. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would impregnate us with your miraculous work. With every head bowed and eye closed, I ask you a really simple question this morning. Are you willing and are you available for God by His Spirit to birth something miraculous in and through your life? If that's you, would you just raise your hand? Just simply say, God, here I am. I'm your servant. I'm available. All the folks online, here I am. God, here I am. Hand raised. Here I am. I'm available. Do it in my life. Lord, I pray for most, if not all, of the folks in the sanctuary. Lord, today, our, our lifted hand is it's a surrender to you. And we're saying, here we are. We're available. Just as you impregnated Mary, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would impregnate us, that you would encounter us in a miraculous way, that you would do your work in and through our lives. God, we're simply saying, here we are. Use us. Lord, I can't wait to hear the stories that are going to be told, because Lord, I, I, I truly believe what you did, you're still doing. So, Lord, we avail ourselves to it this morning. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.